Thank you, Carissa. Welcome everyone to the Elm City Vineyard once again. Thank you for coming. Uh, it is cold outside. Um, it was cold yesterday, or it was cold last week. It was cold yesterday too. It'll be cold probably a little bit longer. And that is okay, that's winter. I hope that you all are doing well. I uh, have learned more about you than I expected to already in terms of the snacks, the car ride. You know, one of the questions I had to open up was, you know, what makes you feel hosted well? And I now know, if we're on long drives together, what to get certain people. But when you think about that question, what makes you feel hosted well? I want to hear some responses to that. What makes you feel hosted well? Again, if it's a car ride, we know your snacks, so what, what else? Food, food, maybe good food, food that you like, food that you enjoy eating with others. Ooh, eye contact and kindness. Interesting mix. Say it, say it again. Food again. Okay, so we got some more food. One last one. Interest. Kind of like a shared interest or there's something that draws you out. These are all ways that we could be hosted well. Now, when we're thinking about one of our biggest ones, which is food and space and being in each other's space, you know, we just went through a hard time where a lot of those options were off the table. And we were wondering, what do we do to host people well, and can we be hosted? You know, I'm talking about, you know, March 2020, April 2020. We were trying to think, can we even do this anymore? Can we be hosted, and can we host? People gathered in smaller units. Maybe you lived alone, and it was really hard just being by yourself. Maybe you were with family, or maybe you were with roommates. And then we found out, kind of as we re like thought things, oh, we could be outside. Let's be outside. This works together. And then we kept trying that, and it was kind of going well. We kept trying it, and then something happens in Connecticut. I think it's happening now, and people were learning about it in October and November. They're like, uh-oh, this isn't going to go so well. It's the winter. And you know, we'll talk about multi-ethnicity and race next week, but you know, some people related differently that to others. Some people said, oh, I know how to do this. Like, I'm going to hunker down. I got my things. Like, I've been camping before. And other people were like, I'm going back inside. I'm sorry. Right, again, we have a workshop on race. You'll learn more about that next week, not more about that today. We're not going to talk about that. But one thing we did was we said we've got to find a way to think about hosting differently. And one of the things we did was to take these winter walks together. We did this in January, around this time in 2021. And it was an uh, uh, interesting idea. I think I might have been uh, the person behind this, so it's a little weird. But I was like, okay, we need to get outside. We're also honoring you know, Dr. King. We usually had a lot of events to do that in homes, what if we walk the 54 miles that were from Selma to Montgomery? But we did it, not all at once, but through the winter, through these different walks, to gather together into, let's see if this works, yeah. Uh, to gather together, <laughs> I just love how people look, because everyone's like, I'm gonna be cold, so I'm gonna wear everything I have, including my backpack. Um, and we did it, we walked, and we gathered and we were warm, and we chatted, and it was fun. We did this week after week after week. We gathered at Edgewood Park. We gathered uh, more towards the Beaver Hill neighborhood, uh, kind of off Whaley. We gathered to be together in the winter. When we couldn't find a host, we let God host us. We let the environment, the creation host us. And honestly, like, that's the talk. Like I could stop now and like, sit down. I think if you're okay with that, I'm gonna share a little bit more. But that's the big idea. Like, God has a home, and it's not just your home, and it's not just this home or this building. It's actually bigger than that. 
It's called God's creation. And it's something that God owns. No matter what we think about private property or nature reserves or nations and borders, God owns it all. And it's a really good thing God does. And God can invite us deeper in to warmth, even if we're cold outside, through the natural environment. He can. And in these instances, we really saw how powerful that was. Because even though we were cold, outside, bundled, something happened, gathered together, finding warmth, finding each other, doing so in the context of God's good creation. Remember, when we're cold, whether it's physically, emotionally, or spiritually, we need to get warm. And I really think it's hard to do hospitality when you're cold. I mean, for some of you that have been here for a long time, you might remember that season. We had like one of our like deepest, biggest outreach seasons in this space. And remember what happened? The heat broke. And it was just cold the entire season. We had done like newspaper ads and all these things. It was hard. People that go to this church didn't even want to be here, let alone invite their friend. Maybe some people that were pastors, we're not, we're not going to go there. But it, it was a hard time, right? Because it was so dang cold. But we need to know that warmth begets warmth. When we experience God's hospitality and warmth, we can then give it away. That's the sermon series that we're in. You know, as Carissa already mentioned, we're thinking about these four things. We talked about love this past week. We're going to talk about home today, then family next week, and then spirit. You know, home is an interesting concept because we're going to get more into maybe some of what we think about home when we talk about family. But I really wanted to talk to us today about the way that God sees home differently than we do. Again, it's not our four walls. It's not something that we rent. It's not something that we somehow in this economy buy. It's actually God's bigger creation and the fact that God is in charge of all of that. That's what I want to talk about today because it seems like Scripture takes that idea very seriously, that there's a good creation and that he hosts us, God hosts us in that. And we'll even talk about how we can then share that with uh, folks in the church, just like we did with those winter walks, with neighbors, with strangers, with enemies. So today, we'll talk about home, because we do have a God who is a host, a God who is our maker, a God who is our creator. There's a lot of words that we use for God, whether it's, you know, almighty God, um, protector God, defender God. One that we don't think about a lot is creator and maker, and yet it's all over the scripture, this God that is with us, co-creating with us showcasing his creation to us and inviting us to host others just like he does. And the biggest takeaway today um, is that, you know, yes, God is creator, and also God's home is creation. God's home is creation, and that's a real gift. Now, if you're wondering, that feels dicey, because, like, we've looked at our home and not only are we ruining it, like there's war, there's violence. Like how could we say this perfect God has God's home being creation? But I think another way of saying it is, what's the risk of trying to avoid that and saying God could only be up wherever God is and we're down here? We lose sight of what God might be doing in the earth. We lose sight of how God can speak through nature. And we lose sight of part of how we co-create is serving creation, defending, loving creation. But it all goes back, honestly, to being hosted. Because when you have a really good host, you want to care for what they care about. You want to protect what they protect. 
You want to enjoy what they're enjoying. God is hosting us in creation. Will we receive that? Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you are with us. And I thank you that you have something that you just want to tell us, remind us of, have us start a practice of. God, you have a simple word today. You want us to be your people in your land, in your lands, with your peoples outside. Enjoying your good creation. Help us take that seriously. To get warm, even by getting cold a little bit and going outside, but then finding warmth again and sharing it with others. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, simple three points that I'll run through briskly, and then we'll return to what I think God is up to in musical worship and providing a home and context for us even today. You know, the first point is this that God is a host who is our maker. It's going to basically just kind of stack from there. You know, point one, God is a host who is our maker. God is a host who is our maker, and he calls creation good, and he invites us to share that goodness. That's point two. And the third point is God's a host who's our maker. He invites us to share the goodness. And guess what? The goodness speaks. The goodness communicates. The goodness has a message. And it speaks against lies, against worry, against distraction. Three simple points that will stack You'll see it as we keep going. We'll look at two Psalms and one account of creation in Genesis. So I don't know if you've ever thought of God as a maker or creator, but it actually comes up a lot in Scripture, including Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Check. We did that today. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. O that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your heart as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger I swore, they shall not enter my rest. We see God being a maker and having a way, and having a people that recognize who God is, and having a people that spent time in the wilderness, time camping, time being outside, and yet they didn't see God in that at all. Turns out it's not just time you spend, but it's about what you're thinking in that time. Who is God to you in that time? But it's clear that God is a maker. Now, sometimes when we read biblical passages that involve land or sea, environment, I wonder if we just think that's poetics. If we just think it's trying to make it a little bit more beautiful. And if we're kind of thankful, whew, it's not like some of the passages where it's like, it's rubies, it's quartz, it's it. Like, we're like, we can follow that a little bit more. It's like, okay, I know what the sea is. I know what the mountain is. But I actually think this is really serious because it's talking about who God is as a creator and as an authority. When we read the news and see wars that start because certain people moved into that sea or another sea or went to this land or that land, we can see that there's really something serious about who owns land who owns sea, who can travel, 
And here God is saying, it's all mine. And I'm worthy of being worshiped. And this land is worthy of proclaiming to the glory of God. I wonder if you've thought about it that way. That God is a maker, and no one else can claim that. God made your body. God created humanity. Not Jeff Bezos, not Elon Musk, not Oprah. Maybe you have like different kinds of spiritual disciplines. I like thank God for that a lot. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that I use that I'm like included in. And I'm like, I don't really know like what the end game is of this is. I'm just like a part of it. I'm not there yet with like AI, chat, GPT, no judgment at all. I'm just not there yet. I probably will be in five years. But I just love the thought of God makes things. God's a creator and God's creation is good. And we know that 100%. God made trees, clouds, waterfalls. Not Apple, not Google, not Yale. There are trees around Yale. Yale might think they own them, but Yale did not make them. And Yale's full of pretty smart people. Still didn't make trees. They just didn't. I like that. That gives me, like, my faith some strength. Maybe, again, I'm just a weird dude, but, like, there's something in me just saying there's someone else beyond. And it's not being against something. It's just saying, it's just reflecting a truth that those things are good, 100% good. My ancestors would see them as good. My, my kids and my kids' kids, all across the world, there's just some things that we rely on. And God's part of that as our maker. You know, sometimes we get excited about these, like, technological drops. You know, it's the Apple date, it's the Google date. And that's fine. Some of us are here. I'm not going to point anyone out. But there's something about getting excited of God being our creator and our maker. And even worshiping God that way. God, in my prayer today, I'm going to say that you made me. That you formed me. That you know me more than anyone. This is part of why we worship. It's just reflecting on who God is. He's a host, but he's a creator who's made so much and made us. We also have God as a host who hosts in relation to us. God shares goodness and also hosting duties with us. He's not content with just being this far away maker, far away creator. You might have heard of this thought of like the watchmaker God, right? Like just like far away in a tower. That's not who God is. But God has us join in creation, join in designing, joining in building, and then includes us in the mix. And I want us to read this account of Genesis 1, thinking about all this goodness that's talked about, and also how we are invited to join in that goodness. Let's read this. It's going to be a little bit long, but it's good to read scripture. Genesis 1, the beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and a darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. 
The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, and with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed him, saying, be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas. Let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. One last bit. We're not done quite yet. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. We see a lot of repeated words there. Every, every kind. Obviously there's a big one, good. So much is good. Good for us, good for plants, good for animals, good for creeping things that creep. We caught that. And then at the end, very good. So good that even God has to rest and just bask and say, yes. Because he's not basking alone. There's people, there's animals, there's so much teeming, there's life. When, how did it begin? Formless, void, darkness, no longer. Part of God hosting us is in creation, giving us the capacity to find the goods and the very goods in our own context. 
Think about that. Do you go out in your day and think, good, very good. Good, and we need to pray about that, or very good, and I, I need God to secure that, but do we think as we join God's work in creation that we see things that resonate with us? I wonder the last time you saw something, was it a sunset in Connecticut? For some of you that like other states, we won't name which ones. You're like, no, I had to leave Connecticut, but then I did see something where I was really from. And you're like, that was good. Can you remember the last time something just took your breath away in nature? Now, think about that. Was that occasional for you, or was that intentional? Was that a discipline? I remember during COVID, I was like, I have to go outside. Like, I don't know what will happen if I don't. I don't think Tina or Zoe or Joy want to see that. I need to go outside. I wonder if we actually need something similar. Intentional practices to behold God, to be with God, to be with God and God's creation. Do you have that this winter? Or are you kind of just like merely surviving? Just like room to car, to like heat again, to back. Like, I'm not sure if that's enough. Because God says there's something good and very good. We share in the very good of God. Last thing, and then I'll tell, I think, two stories, and then we'll be done. Let's go. We share in the very good of God. Last thing, God tells us that goodness talks. I love this chapter of Psalm 19. One last thing. I know it's a lot of scripture, but I love it. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech. Night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world, to the heavens he has sent a tet for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy. And like a strong man runs its course with joy, its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hidden from its heat. We'll stop there. There's something about speech, that like a sky speaks, God's beauty speaks, God's creation speaks. We don't just honor it or recognize goodness in it, but it can communicate through the voice of God. If this seems mystical or weird, I mean, in some ways, Jesus says as much uh, because God's speaking truth more than lies. We see in Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Jesus says, look at the birds, consider the lily. Why would you worry? Now, for some of us, we're like, um, there's a lot of reasons to worry. Um, my pocketbook, like the news, but Jesus is saying, don't you see who I am as your host here, who I am as your good host that's asking you to share in goodness, that's asking you to join in. Consider the lilies. Look at the birds. This happened to me recently, just considering these things. Um, part of the time that I had away was going back to Burlington, Iowa, uh, my hometown. And I was struck by something. It's beauty. I'm about 20 years removed from when I left. My visit this last December was my fourth time going back since I was 18. My first time going back by myself. I haven't been back that many times. There's a reason for that. It's a really hard time in Iowa with a lot of bad memories, bad self-talk, um, a lot of racism I experienced. 
And yet, when I went back this time, I couldn't help but notice that something was speaking. Creation was speaking. Nature was speaking. And God was speaking something to me through it. There's beauty here. This beauty didn't appear in 2023. This beauty was present, even in the midst of my suffering. But I couldn't see it. I couldn't really notice it. I lived right by the Mississippi River. And I think if that was me again, I'd be there every day, like journaling, praying. At least I hope I would be. But I did that because I had a little bit of time. I was just remembering that God was speaking through this. And I felt like a distinct thing that I think is for us here too, that there was something about being caught up in the pain of everything 20 years ago. Uh, I couldn't hear this word, but I felt like God gave it to me when I was back, which was this. 20 years ago, I was trying to know you in your pain, but that pain was a little bit more defining. And now I can tell you that you're not defined by that pain, but I do know you in it. And that same thing is true for you now. The pain you you go through, that you're going through speaking to me, yeah, I know you in it, but it doesn't define you. I feel like I had to look up if you went to our fall conference, you had to look up at your eyes and see that there's something bigger, there's something more beautiful. Doesn't discount any pain, doesn't discount any hardship. It's not like, hey, it's beautiful outside, just be okay. That's not this. But it's that there's something else speaking besides your pain. There's something else speaking besides your hardship. There's something else speaking besides just your doldrums. And God's actually set it on fire for you. A sunset. Creation in its glory. Animals you see and you're like, what? Okay, why is this deer looking at me like that? Have anyone encountered a deer in Edgewood? I'm like, if God doesn't send those things, I'm like, I don't know who does. Like, that's crazy, right? But you have to bring your story there. You have to bring your pain there. And you have to lift up your eyes. And you have to get a little bit out and be hosted by God in your life. I'm so thankful that 20 years later, something is different. But did you hear what God said? He told me the same exact thing. Like, it's same for you now, Josh. Like, you're not defined by it, but you're known in it. But you got to get out. you got to realize you're being hosted in this world. It's not just my world with my problems. Last thing before we move to a time of prayer. You might be wondering, okay, we can have these personal moments, we can have these journal entries, but how do we make this practical, sharing this with others? Like, so we can have this moment. I can do this myself 20 years later, but what about our neighbors? What about strangers? What about our enemies? What about people in the church? Yesterday, we had one of our our liturgies for homicide. There was five since the last time we did it. It's in a park called the Botanical Garden of Healing. And we had a a family member come, the sister of someone who was killed in mid-December. And as Officer Curry, who's our partner for the New Haven Police, kind of walked around, she goes, this is the garden, this is your garden. There's going to be a ceremony where we'll have a brick lane where the name of your loved one will be there, etched in stone. And I wanted to show you this place because you can go here and receive peace. And this person said, I've never known this place existed. Like, we were being hosted. Officer Curry was doing that work, but it was hosted by the beautiful nature that's in this place. And then we continued going deeper in to that tree, which is actually called the Tree of Life. We read a scripture from Revelation 22. If you know it, it's the tree of life and the river of life. And this actually is right by a river. It's kind of right by those stones. And we get water that represents life. 
we pour it into the tree of life and we speak that scripture that says, the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. We proclaim life over these folks that remain. Call for justice. And afterwards, this woman, the sister, came up to me and she said, thank you so much for doing this. Can you take down my email? I want to come every month because I want to be a part of bringing this healing to other families. You guys do this every month. I said, we hope we don't have to, but we're scheduled to just in case something happens. Being in nature, being in God's good creation, having nature speak something that was deeper than her pain, deeper than her suffering. She felt hosted by God, and what did she want to do? She turned around and wanted to immediately host others. Do you know you can do that? And maybe you already do. With your favorite nooks and crannies of New Haven that bring you to life, your favorite places where you see the sunset and you come alive, the places by the water where you do journal. You already bring people to that, but I need to tell you, you need to bring people to those places of life. You need to host in the same way that God hosts you. We're being warmed to warm others. That's what it's about. I'm going to share a few invitations. I'm going to invite Todd up to come do some more and the worship team right now. The first uh, you know, we're inside a building. I think we like that. We're warm. But I, I want you to do something. Could you read Psalm 19 or 95 or Genesis 1 outside? I see some of you already have hoodies and hats. Just take some of them. But God will do something different reading this in nature. Take a walk until you see something beautiful. I love my folks that are struggling to love Connecticut. You might be like, I'm walking for a while. Walk for a while. It'll be good for you, right? For some of you, it might be fast, but when you find that beautiful thing, engage God. See what God's speaking or saying to you. And lastly, invite someone else to go outside, possibly with you. You know that some people need that. <clears throat> I love being a parent. And like something is different when your kids are just acting a little, you know, you're like, go outside. And they do, and like things change. Like you're like, oh my gosh. And it's not just the quiet that's in you, but you see them and you're like, oh, it just worked better for them to be outside. I think sometimes like we have to just be humble. Like that's us too. Like, sometimes, like, we just need a walk. We're better outside. God's present with us. God has goodness for us. I think we already experienced powerful worship today in music. And I wonder what God wants to do now. So I'm just going to pray. Worship team can come up. Prayer ministers can come. But I wonder what God is up to now in us. Holy Spirit, would you come? There's something about recognizing goodness that brings joy. And I want to pray joy over us. I want to pray joy over all of us. But I, in particular, I felt like there's some groups that God wanted to recognize. Um, I just want to call you to respond by standing. You can decide to do that or not. But it's just a few groups. One is for people who you already know. You're just like, I want more joy this winter. So it's like, you just want to say yes to joy. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Also for people that have uh, seasonal affective disorder, and for, win for you, winter is just a tough time. You need more joy, but there's actually something you want God to heal you of, or to just really minister 
And also for folks that you know, um, you want to love New Haven more, you want to love Connecticut more, it's a little bit, it's a little bit challenging. If that's you for any of those categories, you want more joy, you actually feel like winter historically has been tough for you, or uh, you're someone that just wants to really engage New Haven differently, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray for joy for everyone, but if that's you, I just want you to stand up as a way to just recognize a need, that you need something from God in this season. So if you want more joy, if there's something where you feel maybe seasonal affective disorder, or if you are someone that just wants to engage New Haven in a different way, please stand. Stand just to recognize your need before the Lord. And for anyone that wants more joy, I just invite you to, where you are, open up your palms. If you're close to someone that's standing, feel free to outstretch your hand to pray for them. We pray right now the fruit of the Spirit, the joy of the Spirit over these ones. God, I thank you that you are light, and in your light we see it, and your light is powerful. Send your light to these ones. God, give them your warmth. Give them your touch. I pray, God, that if winters have been hard and there have been defining winters that have been challenging, would you give them a new winter this year? God, I pray if they just want more joy, that you would release joy over them, joy that breaks depression, joy that breaks hardship, joy that invites others in. And God, I pray if there's something about New Haven that these ones need to see, just the way that you created your beauty here, God, I pray a yes over that for them. Holy Spirit, come.